0: In the wonderful comedy, There's Something About Mary, Ben Stiller picks up a hitchhiker who explains his great new product, which is a video called 7-Minute Abs. And he touts it because it's better than the one on the market right now, 8-Minute Abs. You see, it's 7. If you see both of them on the shelf together, which one are you going to pick, 8 or 7? And of course, when Ben Stiller says, what if somebody comes out with 6-Minute Abs... The hitchhiker goes ballistic, says that's ridiculous. No one can get a workout in six minutes. (laughs) So five years ago, I interviewed Martin Gibala of McMaster University, an exercise physiologist who had done an amazing set of experiments on high intensity interval training and found that he could create a three minute workout where people would work out for 20 seconds at a time and then off. And they could get pretty much the same cardio and weight loss results as a typical 30 to 45 minute slow jog. And this made all the newspapers, which is where I found out about him, and kind of left it at that. But then... Crossing my newsfeed recently was an article in the New York Times called the four-second workout. And I'm like, is this seven-minute abs or six-minute abs or have we finally reached four-second abs and we're, we're running out of seconds between here and not doing anything at all? And I thought, that's really weird. So I read the article and I discovered that actually four-second intervals is a really interesting time, because it's enough to kind of turn on fast twitch muscles, but not so much that anybody gets uncomfortable or fatigued. So I wanted to have a conversation with the author of the study, Ed Coyle, a professor at the University of Texas at Austin. And what he taught me not only convinced me that I should be doing four second interval training. But it really should become a key piece of most people's exercise regimens, especially people who can't hold on for an hour or 30 minutes or who can't even work out hard for 20 seconds. Four seconds appears to be a threshold that's really doable and, according to this research, has amazing, surprising benefits. So let's get right into it. Without further ado, Edward Coyle, welcome to the Plant Yourself Podcast.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, so we're here to talk about. Uh, I saw your work featured in the New York Times. I guess it was a week and a half, two weeks ago, and it was the article was updated yesterday, I think, with a with a link to your published study.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: which I, I think I have to, you know, I have to pay like a fifteen hundred dollar a year <laughs> <laughs> subscription fee to, to some. So um, I just read the abstract. But uh, it, even better than the full article is the the uh, the lead author. So thank you for uh, for joining.
1: Good. Well, thank you. Good to be here. Yeah.
0: So the the article and, and your work, I guess, is about high intensity interval training and this fascinating question about how little can be useful. And I'd love to just to start by finding out like how you got into this line of questioning. Like what what. Uh, what's your career trajectory to make you wonder, like how, how little exercise can we get away with?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I was a, an athlete in high school and college running and, you know, uh, competitive athletes and swimming and running. Almost all of their training is interval training, very high intensity. So, you know, those athletes know that, you know, if, if they do repetitions, uh, all out and take short rest that, that they'll, their heart rate will be high, they'll be getting a good cardiovascular workout and we developed a method where the exercise is only 4 seconds long where you cycle as fast as you can for 4 seconds in the 4 seconds of cycling your RPMs on the bike are going from 0 to 160 RPMs so you're constantly accelerating. And, you know, we find that if you do that uh, and take a short rest, 15 to 30 seconds rest in there, that, you know, after 10 minutes or doing about 20 sprints, uh, you've gotten a good workout. You, your heart rate is elevated. Your oxygen consumption is high. Um, and, of course, more importantly, your power output is, has been very high since you've been going as hard as you can for those just four seconds. So the key is, people say a four-second workout. Well, it's a four-second workout repeated uh, a number of times with a short rest. Uh, you know that. You know that becomes the key.
0: Uh huh. And so, so, um, so for athletes like I, you know, I'm I'm a runner but not a competitive one. And my workouts generally consist of like an hour of jogging. Um, Right. And so occasionally I'll do some sprints, but I don't. But I'm not a you know, I don't see myself. I'm not a sprinter. I don't uh, enter short events. So is there is there a way that um, the four second repeated workout could help someone like me? Or is it is it only for people who have to have that kind of explosive uh, result in their training?
1: No, I I think it really helps. It helps everybody. Now, it's, it's not a training that is just for athletes. Um, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's very time efficient. And you know, when when you're doing these sprints, and we do it on a bicycle, we, we can talk about can you do it by running up a hill or things like that. But we choose the mm-hmm. bicycle. Uh, you know stationary bicycle and uh, you know in those four seconds you're generating about 1000 watts of power now when you're when you're jogging you know eight minute to ten minute mile pace you're you're generating about 100 watts of power so the, the the power that you're generating is tenfold higher when you're going as fast and as hard as you can compared to uh, jogging. And of course, walking is about 40 watts of energy expenditure. And the reason that that very high power output is important is that about half of our muscle fibers are fast twitch and half are slow twitch. And And we don't use our fast twitch muscle fibers unless we're going as as fast or as hard as uh-huh. we can uh-huh. so about half of our muscle fibers and many people who are physically active never get never get turned on, never get used, never get activated, never adapt, never help help them become healthier so you know the the key with the the higher intensity sprints is just that it's it, it's training your fast twitch muscle fibers
0: hmm. what's what's the relationship between the fast twitch muscle fibers and health i can understand that for performance if you want to be explosive you need those but it, but it's for ordinary people who just want to live healthier what how do how do the fast twitch muscle fibers uh, relate to that
1: well they, they they act even like the slow twitch in a sense that when we eat food uh carbohydrate and and fat especially, uh, there has to be a place for that food to go. It, if and it goes into your slow twitch and fast twitch muscle fibers, mm. if if your muscles are not used, they you know and you know they haven't reduced their amount of fuels, then you don't take glucose and fat out of your bloodstream very well. It accumulates in and high. You know, high blood glucose is type 2 diabetes and, and high triglyceride in your blood is, is uh, hyperlipidemia. And so the, the healthy response is using as many muscle fibers as you can, and you don't have to use them very long. And by turning them on, they will then be, uh, be able to clear your blood of, you know, of glucose and triglyceride, the food that you've eaten uh, in your last meals.
0: That is fascinating. It's, it makes so much sense. It's so obvious and I never thought about it. Um, and and I'm pretty re- well read, so I must have never read about it either. Is there like where where did this where did this idea come from? Is this like an old known thing that I missed or is this is this idea that the, the This very short, high intervals can help fight against uh, hyperlipidemia and um, high blood glucose. Is this a fairly new new understanding?
1: I think it is. Um, Yeah, we haven't come across articles in the literature that linked um, high intensity exercise to the the lowering of fats in your blood the next the next day. Mm. So uh, you know, and people think that that um, you have to use muscle fibers for a long time to to really get them activated or or to reduce their their stores of of glycogen and triglyceride, uh, but you don know, 't you know you'll you 'll use those pretty quickly in the first you know the first uh, few seconds of exercise
0: hmm, wow.
1: Well longer than that, it's longer than the first few seconds uh, but but you'll have activated the muscle fibers
0: uh-huh gotcha and um so I'm trying to think about your the the study that I read about and read the abstract um there's there a whole bunch of acronyms uh, like l t v and cavi and like what what have have you done studies linking it to um for diabetics this this sort of thing or is this still sort of preliminary?
1: We we haven't done it linking it to diabetics, um, bec- because uh, you know we've been focusing on fat metabolism and, and diabetes is an impairment of glucose metabolism, sugar metabolism.
0: Uh huh. Gotcha. Although I would imagine that, um, you know, like the, the, the theory of diabetes, of at least type two diabetes that makes the most sense to me um, and seems to be supported experiment experimentally is um, sort of insulin resistance, partly due to fat in the muscles. Um, so it would it would seem like the reducing the, the fat by by firing the fast switch muscles um, could could uh, reduce blood sugar by getting it more efficiently into cells that way.
1: Yes, that's, that's right. And so, so that happens. And, you know, that's, that's one of the, the health benefits. And, uh, you know, when you exercise, then even in the hours after exercise the same day, you'll, you'll have a lowering of, of your blood glucose levels. So diabetics will, uh, you know, will, will show improvement, uh, but they they'll also show improvement in their insulin sensitivity. They won't they won't secrete as much insulin to clear their their breakfast the next morning, hmm. uh, which is a sign that the insulin is working is working better. So you get some adaptations the day that you exercise, and there are other adaptations that you know, aren't realized until the next day.
0: Gotcha. Now, I so I, I interviewed, I think it must have been five years ago, um, Martin Gabala from McMaster, who had done a lot of work on, I think it was like the one minute workout, sort of 20 seconds on, um, 10, 10 seconds off or 15 seconds off, repeated three times and one of the things that, people, that journalists were saying about that, like that exercise, it's supposed to be very uncomfortable, kind of miserable for a short amount of time. Um, and you, in, in the article that you were quoted in The New York Times is saying 20 seconds is too much for a lot of people. Um, how did you come up with four seconds?
1: Yes. And, you know, 20 seconds and 30 seconds is a long time. It's you, you really suffer. <laughs> In doing that, I mean, it has benefits. So, you know, we, we were looking for a less fatiguing way of doing it. And we decided to go with four seconds, uh, basically because biochemically, when your muscles break down energy, they, they first break down when you're going all out. They'll, they'll first use the stored chemical energy. In the form of ATP, phosph- phosphocreatine. and phosphocreatin uh, and you can you can produce energy more rapidly uh, by, by using that chemical energy than than anything else by far. So we want to tap into the fact that you know, during your first four seconds, you really get a good caloric burn. You you really are using energy at a very high rate because it's coming from that chemical energy. And then when you rest, you'll be consuming oxygen, you'll be breathing heavily, your heart will be pumping, your cardiovascular system will be stimulated, and you'll be uh, using that oxygen consumption to resynthesize the chemical energy, the ATP and and phosphocreatine. Uh, so it's a cycle for the most part where, you know, and it's, it's kind of like, like my, I have a, a, I have a hybrid car and it runs on a battery and a gasoline engine. And the, you know, the chemical energy is in the battery and it gets the car going and, and moving, but then you deplete that, that battery pretty quickly and you have to recharge it and you recharge it with, through oxidative metabolism, we recharge it by burning gasoline, mm. uh, uh, you know, using oxygen uh, in, in that process. So what we're doing is essentially analogous to uh, to a hybrid car that has a battery that can release energy very quickly, but only for a few seconds.
0: Gotcha. So what's what's your understanding of what causes muscles to fatigue? So like I'm 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 working on push-ups right now. I'm trying to get to a number of push-ups that doesn't embarrass me, and you know the first set, I can you know do 20, 25. If I don't, if I, I, if I rest for long enough, I can then do another set that's pretty equivalent. But if I rest for like a minute, I'm then struggling at 11 or 12. What what's, what are the the governors, the the, the limiting factors on muscle energy?
1: Well, you know, one thing that's discussed the most is uh, removing lactic acid from the muscle. So when you're doing when you're doing these, you know, these push-ups or even twenty or thirty-second sprints, you'll build up a fair amount of lactic acid, and it takes, you know, it takes ten to twenty minutes for the lactic acid to to fully diffuse. Although a lot of it, a lot of it diffuses within four minutes, uh, but there are other things that cause fatigue. Also, the you know it could be uh, the muscle's ability to uh, to release calcium that starts the activation. So the the idea that all fatigue is lactic acid is too simplistic, and uh, you know there are probably you know, five other major uh, causes of of fatigue.
0: Uh-huh. So, what one thing that i heard about in the podcast, and I'm sorry, I'm no expert, was the idea of heat def- heat buildup and heat diffusion. Is that something that that is in your model as well?
1: Well, it, certainly when you're you know when you're exercising and the muscles are contracting, they're producing heat. And uh and we don't measure heat production in in hours. That's that's a tough thing to do. Mm. You, you have to insulate the whole muscle and put thermistors inside. But the uh a hundred years ago, A. V. Hill received the, the Nobel Prize for studying muscle contraction and he he uh, he was able to measure heat In frog muscle, and uh, and directly measure how much heat the frog muscle was producing under different conditions. Uh, You know, so that was that was uh, uh, how they discovered that the first few seconds of of contraction can break down the most uh, energy or produce the most heat.
0: Um, so when you then brought, brought people into the lab to begin to test this out, I guess your, your first cohort were athletes.
1: Yes, we, you know, we, uh, maximal power is an important part of athletic performance. And we were using that in athletes to, uh, also monitor if they're becoming overtrained. So you know this you know this bike we call it the power cycle because it measures power during during cycling, yeah. and uh, you know we we've tested several hundred athletes, and so we've been able to describe the profile where top sprinters in the world we tested several of the the best 100 meter men in the world had phenomenal power uh 2000 watts over 2000 watts
0: and for 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 ordinary civilians what what is power
1: power is is uh a rate of energy expenditure so uh it's how much energy can be released Per second or per minute. Uh, technically, the definition is work divided by time. It's how much, how much, uh, how much work you can do in a short period of time. Uh-huh. And work an is, is sort visually.
0: of work is distance. What mass and distance?
1: Yes, distance times. Yes, work is is uh, distance the the vertical distance the moving up uh, of a mass in a given period of time. Okay. So, you know, you can you can also think of power as being uh, when somebody does a vertical jump. You know, they're moving their body weight up about twenty five inches, and if you measure measure how long that takes, you can then Calculate how much power they were generating to, 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 uh, to get the height.
0: Gotcha. So power sort of would, would explain the difference between an explosive jumper, or someone who can um, dunk a basketball, and someone who just sort of like gets a couple inches off the ground. If that from the from the same exactly same motion. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: So so there there are some methods to measure power in people. Jumping, just uh, by using a force plate, and they measure how long you're in the air, how much you weigh, and they can calculate, uh, you know, what what your power is. So, uh, you know, in, in sports like track and field, the power events are besides the the hundred meter sprint, uh, shot putters are, are very explosive, and the, they had vertical jumps of, of 35 inches and they weighed 300 pounds. Uh, high jumpers uh, are very explosive, but also very coordinated and store energy. And, you know, javelin throwers, hammer throwers, you know, all of those, you know, one second, two second events uh, hmm. you require very, very high power.
0: Gotcha. So in, in my mind, until this moment, I kind of thought like to be a shot putter, you just needed strength. So but like you could have a shot putter who can bench 450 pounds who might not necessarily be a very good shot putter because they can't do it quickly. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I forgot to mention probably the most powerful athletes besides the track and field sprinters are Olympic weightlifters. Mm-hmm. because Olympic weightlifters will be, you know, be lifting two, 300 pounds, uh, very quickly up to their chest and then over their head. And when they do the snatch, it's one quick motion. They go from the weights on the ground to, uh, a big explosive pull and then, and then, uh, they accelerate the weight and, and catch it over their head. So the snatch in Olympic weightlifting is, you know, is one of the most explosive moves um, in, in athletics. Now, if you, if you asked a, uh, a bodybuilder or a powerlifter, to who who somebody who does bench presses and squats and deadlifts, if you if you ask ask them to try and lift weights over their head and explode, they can't do it. It's, you know, part they, they're not coordinated enough. It takes practice, but you know, but but partly because uh, you know they uh, you know they're. They're not able to recruit their muscle fibers in a, in a real explosive manner because they haven't trained it.
0: Gotcha. So it's, it sounds like the four second protocol is not just like it's being you know, touted in the press as like, here's the minimum for busy, lazy people. But it sounds like it was developed as like the most efficient way to build power. Right. Sort of like for, for elites, like, like the elite athletes. Aren't going to be like, well, I'm too busy to work out, right? They're just looking for the the biggest bang for their buck.
1: Correct. Yeah. The I was a little disappointed when the New York Times first published it and they had the headlines, the four second workout. You know, uh-huh. and I like, hey, that's not what it is. And the author of the article knew that too. So I'm not sure who came up with that <laughs> with that title, uh, but it's. <laughs> four seconds, rest 30 seconds and do it, you know, do it 20 times. So it's four second repeats. That's that's the key.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I think in, in the article, it said that when people were starting out and I guess you had a second cohort of like ordinary folks like people, older people, people with uh, who weren't necessarily in the best of health. What, so what was it like? for them to, to go through this workout? Was it hell? Was it fun? Were they you know, did you have a high dropout rate or people like begging to stop?
1: We you know, we were for the for the study that we did on the older adults who were 50 to 70 years old, we uh, we had we recruited 40 subjects and 39 finished so there was only one dropout, and that was because her husband died. And you know, of the thirty-nine remaining, nobody missed the workout. They loved it, and so we did a survey, you know, a anonymous survey, and uh, you know, they they didn't feel it was too intense. Uh, They said the intention was just about right. And, uh, you know, they enjoyed what they felt were the benefits of uh, being able to move better in walking and climbing stairs and in in activities like that, activities of daily living are are what we call it. And uh, many of the subjects... (laughs) They liked the four-second sprints because it was a great release. <laughs> oh. You get on the bike and you know, you're not afraid of hurting yourself or pulling a muscle, or oh. and you can just go as hard and as fast as you can. And it helps. It helps to uh, you know to yell sometimes. Ah. So we generated a, a bunch of, of yellers. And that wasn't just the man's. So many of the women too really kind of enjoyed that that side effect. <laughs> so were, the, the, were, the,
0: were the they syn- were they synchronized? So they were all doing the four seconds at the same time, or were they staggered after a while?
1: They were they were all sta- staggered. We we had a few of them doing it two at a time, uh, but for the most part, they they were you know. Uh, one at a time i say ne- never more than two at a time
0: i see so it wasn't like a giant room like orange theory of people yelling and
1: no because we were we were monitoring their power for every repetition uh-huh. and giving, giving them feedback so you know we wanted and we were collecting some other data uh, during it so you know we 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 couldn't and we didn't have the bikes to go more than a few at a time
0: gotcha i'm just i'm just imagining the like an exercise class based on this i think i would go to that
1: yeah it'll be fun uh we're we're putting a bunch of power cycles together now so we might we might do that and just see what the what the dynamics mm-hmm. are
0: mm-hmm. so um i want to come back to that but um can you um summarize The benefits uh, from those thirty-nine completers—what, like fifty? It's just fifty to seventy—and they went for was it three months?
1: They they went for eight weeks. Eight weeks. Okay. Eight weeks. Two months, and uh, they—you know—one thing which you would expect—they, their legs increased in mass and size. So they, they had a significant increase in this, the size of their, their quadriceps. And their, their power, maximal power, went up by about 15%. Their, their, their uh, cardiovascular system improved uh, by about 10%. And we measure that by measuring their maximal rate of oxygen consumption during a, during a stress test. And so that improved. So, you know, those two, increasing their maximal power and increasing their their maximal oxygen uptake. Um, typically, you think that people have to be exercising for at least 30 minutes to to accomplish that and but you know they were exercising only one to two minutes a day taking you know taking uh 10 to 15 minutes of total time to accomplish that uh that work Mm -hmm. and they were able to improve their you know in improving their power they're improving their anaerobic ability to produce energy and uh and their aerobic cardio uh, system Im- improved. So we had both, both of those improving simultaneously. The point is, as far as, as far as increasing leg strength and leg endurance, they didn't have to do cardio on one day and then, then uh, weights on the other day. They were able to get, to get both those improvements within the the short training period.
0: And I know you haven't you haven't studied them for for years and years, but based on science, what would you expect the long term health benefits to be of increasing muscle mass in the legs, increasing power by 15 percent and cardiovascular efficiency by 10 percent?
1: Well. You know, as I mentioned before, so much of the health benefits of exercise are gained acutely just you know the day after you do your exercise, the day of and the day after you do. Uh, you know, it's not clear what happens. If you train now and then stop training, what will you have a year or two years down the road? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, what,
0: what if people just keep doing this? If you, know, you have your gym, people can get the power cycle or do something of the equivalent, What what would you expect? Like, if you know, if you were the New York Times writer and you had to come up with a really sexy headline to to sell the product, like what, what, what would be a reasonable expectation like, you know, reduced risk of heart disease or dementia? Because I know that, like, you know, leg mass is related to brain health.
1: Yes, I. You know, it it, it would be uh, as good as I think. I think it's as good as, and maybe better than most forms of exercise. Mm. Uh, so we know all what the what the health benefits of of exercise are in you know reducing heart disease, reducing reducing the the buildup of plaque in the arteries of your heart. Uh, yeah, like you said, reducing even having effects on the brain and reducing uh, dementia and you know increasing your metabolism. So you're less likely to get type two diabetes.
0: So we have a, a short, efficient workout that people enjoy that has better health benefits than pretty much anything else we've ever studied.
1: Well, yeah, we haven't studied everything, <laughs> But but uh, health, I would say health benefits that that are on par with with some of the healthiest types of exercise. Uh huh. Um, gotcha. You know that I, I I can't say that you know if if a person runs forty five minutes every day and then does weightlifting on the alternate days that this would be any better. Um, but the magnitude of improvement we, we had shown is, is about the same as what you see with that mm-hmm. with that kind of jogging. So I think it's as good as All right. uh, continuous and, exercise performed for 40 minutes.
0: And presumably a bunch of the people in your study at the beginning of the eight weeks couldn't have done the other things. And now maybe they have more capacity. They can they can add they can go for walks. They can feel better riding their bike up and down hilly terrain
1: definitely definitely mm-hmm. they they you know they most all of them commented that they were able to to uh, move a whole lot better uh during the
0: mm-hmm. day wow. so um I think you have a few you had you you're um involved in the power cycle company right? i think you're you're an advisor and an investor in that um There weren't enough for your lab, so I don't imagine there's a glut of them on the market in the world. Are are they available?
1: Um, Hopefully soon. You know, we're we're still working on that. Uh, But, um, yeah, they'll, you know, certainly within the next month or two, they'll they'll be available.
0: Okay. And where... Where can people look for them? Will they be in gyms? Are they available for private individuals? How much do they cost
1: yeah they're, they're for private individuals and uh, or anybody can can buy them uh, you know and, and hopefully we'll have them in in gyms so people can become familiar with them and the best place is, is the website, which is powercycle dot com
0: okay. Gotcha. Um, And what what, roughly? What what do you think they'll retail for?
1: About probably about twenty four ninety five.
0: Okay, I assume there's no period in there.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay.
0: So for people who, who who want to get started, who don't have room for a power cycle, who don't want to spend twenty five hundred dollars, have you looked at any sort of equivalence in terms of things that might be around the house or just body weight? Like if I wanted to do like I'm really convinced, like the next thing I want to do after I get off this call with you is do a uh, a four second 20 rep workout. What what could I do with my body and household items and you know, balls and bands and barbells and kettlebells?
1: Well, you know, it needs to be a large muscle mass activity. So, you know, something like running or cycling uh, or swimming would would be the best. Okay. Now, you know, of course, running is, you know, is the, is uh, available to all of us. And... But uh, you have to be careful running because when you when you if you're not used to running and you go out and you do an all out sprint, I don't know about (laughs) many people, but you have to be careful not to strain one of your muscles, especially your hamstring muscles. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know that became a a measurement in our study. We had we had sprinting up a ramp. you know, an incline and, uh, you know, the first subject I start, I saw him, you know, start to strain his hamstring. I said, that's it. No more. We're not, we're not Uh going to include this measurement in, in the study. Uh So you have less of a chance of straining if you uh, run up a hill, uh, but you won't reach your maximal power going up a hill because you won't be going fast enough. Uh, to reach your max power running up a hill, you have to run for about 10 yards into the base of the hill to get up momentum and then go up the hill as fast as you can. I see. So, so that's, that's one possibility, and, and that's, that's actually a power test that we do for, uh, for people. Some people advocate that, that you can sprint up a flight of stairs. And that's another test that we do. But you have to be very careful because it's easy to slip when you're trying to go as fast as you can up the stairs. You take them two or three stairs at a time. Mm-hmm. And
0: what, what about on a, like a treadmill or a stepper?
1: Yes, um, you, you, you could do a treadmill, and I'd suggest putting, putting the grade up, take it to maybe a 10 percent grade mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and jumping on in that case. But for it to be your maximal, the, the speed has to be pretty high.
0: You so know, you then you'd then have to sort of jump off
1: then you have yeah it's, it's not practical uh, yeah. we've done those in experiments uh and especially as people become fatigued you know and you're jumping on this treadmill that's that's going at fifteen miles an hour you know it, it it's uh it's it's tough. So when I think
0: of when I think of the most fatiguing exercise I do, it's burpees. Like is that is is that a possibility?
1: I I think it might be. Um, I you know I haven't done experiments on it. I've done a lot of burpees in my life, Uh, and. You know i just don't don't know how much real power you'll be you'll be uh generating there mm.
0: and what what about a rowing machine
1: yeah a row a rowing machine is not bad uh we've done work with that and the thing with a rowing machine is that when you when you pull you know the first second second and a half you're you're pulling then there's a break as as the line recoils mm-hmm. and you you move back forward and then pick it up again. So to go four and a half seconds is four seconds as hard as you can, as fast as you can. Is with, with a rowing machine is kind of like a stop and go action.
0: Mm. All right, I'm I'm thinking of other things. What about like? Uh... Also, I guess jump squats. Like when, when you're in the air, you're not doing anything,
1: right? So the right.
0: idea of the idea of the bicycle is that it can be continuous, very smooth, very safe, and when you stop, nothing bad happens. You don't fall on your face.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Yeah. Gotcha. And an important thing is that if you're using a bike, you know, stationary bike. Um, it, it has to ha- it has to have a free wheel. What that means is most 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 spin bikes stationary bikes are fixed gear. That is, when the flywheel is turning, your legs have to be turning. Hmm. So you can't stop. So that's why they call them spin bikes because you can get the RPMs up pretty high, and then you can essentially do very little and. 'll have the bike the flywheel turning your legs around <laughs> but but when you sprint for four sec when you uh, do a you know uh, a, f- a four second sprint the way we're describing it at four seconds you can stop you can stop your mm-hmm. legs and the flywheel keeps rolling around and there's there's no you know chance of uh stretching of muscles and soreness and things like that.
0: Gotcha. So if so if I had like a road bike on on one of those uh stands, right, to turn to turn it into a stationary bike, then that would work because it's uh it's not fixed gear, right? Like a...
1: Right, right. But then you'd have to uh it it's not gonna offer enough resistance to you know, to elicit anywhere close to your maximal power. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what kind of, you know, what kind of stake what kind of resistance machine you have, you know, wind trainer or uh, you know, or some of these these newer ones that have motors that that resist.
0: Hmm. Gotcha. So for the, the power cycle, does that get calibrated for each individual so that so it's offering the resistance that they
1: need? No, we, we use, you know, we can, we can use one weight of a flywheel, which is the only thing offering resistance uh, to accommodate people whose maximal powers are anywhere from 500 to 1500 Watts. Mm. Uh, And it's, it's just that the people who are more powerful Will will get to their get to the highest RPM sooner. Gotcha. So you know the, the nice thing it, it accommodates what you can do. Um, mm-hmm. You know it works it works for most everybody. Mm-hmm. And you know when you get to your, you know if if you are more powerful and you get to your 160 RPM sooner. Well, then you're spending you're just spending a little more time going at those very high RPMs, which is advantageous because that's a good that's good training for the for the nervous system Mm. for muscle recruitment.
0: Okay, so if if I have a power cycle and I'm doing this uh, on a regular basis, every day is leg day. Right. So is there anything that I should be doing with my upper body similarly? Like, you know, like there's like things at the gym where you can pedal with your hands or
1: yeah you uh you certainly can do do weights with your upper body so the regular you know types of curls and and uh and and bench presses that people do uh, you know in the gym uh, we we actually have have used this power cycle to measure power in in world class swimmers with their arms. Mm. So we have them lie on a, a bench, essentially, and, you know, and, and cycle with their arms as, as fast as they can. And uh, that, you know, that was very effective uh, at recruiting the swimming musculature mm-hmm. and the upper body musculature.
0: Right. So, yeah, when I'm thinking about, like things like rowing or even lifting, like when I get to the top, I'm not, you know, I'm not lifting anymore. I'm holding. And when I come down, I'm releasing. Is there some way to do like isometric so that I'm constantly like for four seconds, like my arms are too short, like the distance is too short to work for four seconds. Is there any way that I can be under under strain for four seconds without moving?
1: Be under strain for four seconds. Um, well, when you're when you're doing a bench press, you know many of the the lifters take two to four seconds to to move it up. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you know they're they're using a lot of muscle fibers to do that, but they're they're not moving at a very fast speed. So it's a different way of recruiting your, your fast twitch muscle fibers compared to when you're going at your, your maximal power.
0: Mm, So this is more strength, less power.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So the, the whole term power lifting is a misnomer because it's not power. They're going very slow. Mm. (laughs) strength yeah like you said it's strength and olympic lifting is really the, the the powerful activity
0: gotcha gotcha so what's uh what's the future of your research what are you interested in next
1: well we're interested in uh you know one is we did a study where we had people break up for long sitting where normally they would be sitting for eight hours straight or or 12 hours straight. And every hour we had them uh, get up and do a few sprints. Uh, So they were doing it over the course of eight hours. And uh, we're looking to see if, can you get the same benefits if you do sprints every two hours Mm. or every Four hours,
0: and you're talking about so power, power cycle sprints
1: with the power cycle four seconds. Yeah, mm-hmm. the four they do uh, every hour. They were doing five sprints, you know, uh, of four seconds. So it's twenty seconds of you know of exercise per hour. Hmm.
0: Uh,
1: so yeah, I think I think you can get by with with less than. You know, five uh, sprints every hour, um, and we also think that the, the timing of it during the day may make a difference. So, uh, you know, our goal is to help people stay healthy and, and finding what the you know what the best prescription and the best time for that for that would be.
0: Mm. Fascinating. And just out of curiosity, so when I when I do a hard workout, even, you know, high-intensity or Tabata, typically I'm really sore for the next two days. Does that soreness happen with the four-second-type workout?
1: No. You're doing your Tabatas, I bet, at a gym that has fixed-gear cycles. Yeah.
0: Well, I'd be doing, you know, whatever I'm doing with Tabata, whether it's, you know, sort of like toe raises with weights or like, you know, anything that's like really hard for 20 seconds. Like, you right. know, the, I, I've done CrossFit workouts where for the next week I had to like go upstairs backwards because I, <laughs> I couldn't use the muscles.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's you know, delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS. Uh-huh. It, it happens because muscles are being stretched. And when muscles are stretched, uh, some of the fibers break, uh, and you, you you get soreness within 24 to 48 hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but that doesn't happen with the power cycle or you know any any exercise bike that that is freewheeling, because in in cycling there's there's no eccentric exercise. You're you know you, you're not uh, stretching muscles
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know only if you 're cycling with 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 a fixed gear bike and there 's a lot of energy in the flywheel and it turns your legs around and pulls them ar- around and that that causes soreness
0: gotcha and for the people who who were in the study doing the the four seconds twenty times, did they have to do like ten to twenty minutes of warm up first to you know to to be safe or can you just jump right into it what do you recommend
1: we we had them do a few minutes of you know constant intensity light exercise but it wasn't you know wasn't very much mm-hmm. what we recommend is that the first two sprints that you do uh the first one you do at 50% effort so that's a warm up uh huh And although you're producing 500 watts, (laughs) uh, you know, it's still a warm up. And then the second one you do at 75% effort. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the goal is to warm up your fast twitch muscle fibers. And you don't warm those up until until you're going very fast and very Uh hard. You're never going to warm up your fast twitch muscle fibers by jogging or, (laughs) you know, things. Or things like that so so uh, and top athletes know that when when you watch the sprinters warm up, they do sprints most mm-hmm. you know most uh most top sprinters in the world runners never jock <laughs>
0: uh-huh. at all <laughs> fascinating. Well, this is this is really eye opening, and I'm um, I'm excited to try to figure out in my own life how I can start to incorporate this and uh, and help clients see it. I'm, I can't wait for the uh, for the device to hit the market. and I can't wait for it to become popular enough that you can make it cheaper.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> <Me too. laughs>
0: uh Yeah, this is this is really fascinating stuff. And I imagine it's a sort of workout that people can do when they get older or when they're, you know, injured or or like it's, it's more accessible than a lot of other things that we do for exercise.
1: I I think you're right. Uh, as you know, as we get older, we lose muscle mass. So after the, the age of 30, um, Muscle mass declines at ten percent per decade. So by the time we reach seventy or so, you know we 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 have a forty percent reduction in in our muscle mass. And uh, you know we we did this study with the older adults just to see if, if if this would stimulate hypertrophy, and and it did. And I've done another study showing that. When you move fast, uh, you know, with your legs and you know, doing doing leg extension, that you the hypertrophy you show, the increase in the size of the muscle, is specific to the fast twitch muscle fibers. So you know, simply as we get older, we lose muscle. It's more twitch muscle fibers, and in order to 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 offset that, we have to move fast. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you move fast when you're when you're you're older? <laughs> you know that's, that's in, a, in a safe you know in a safe manner, uh, and that's what cycles are for. In any kind of cycle: arm cycle, leg cycle. Uh, that
0: makes so. Sense. Yeah. So, what's what's uh, what's your uh, exercise regime these days? Is it, is it power cycle daily, three times a week?
1: I I do power cycle at, at least uh, at least five times a week, and I'm also into doing doing it in the morning I, I, to get me going wake me up uh-huh uh, you know because i've been inactive when you sleep you're inactive and you, before breakfast and all that and so i i think i think uh you know doing the doing the power cycle early and and maybe periodically throughout the day is beneficial and then mm-hmm. and then Three, you know, four days a week, five days a week, I'll do a, a full 15-minute workout on the power cycle. Uh, on the other days, at least two or three days a week, I I uh, have my road bike on a a trainer, an exercise trainer, so I can ride here indoors. And I like to watch Netflix. <laughs>
0: Gotcha. This gotcha. uh... <laughs> time
1: so go <laughs> I go for about forty-five minutes.
0: Uh-huh. Did you when, when you were uh, having people work in the lab? Did you have music for them?
1: Not really. It, the um, with the power cycle exercise, it comes so fast. Every fifteen to thirty seconds, you're doing another repeat. That you're totally caught up in that,
0: hmm.
1: and. Uh, you know uh, you know we usually do have have music in the lab for our continuous exercise and studies but we, we, we didn't with with the four second sprints
0: gotcha I, th- I think it's also important that for that for the four second sprints that people aren't watching Netflix or listening to podcasts, That you, it's kind of useful to be fully present for that
1: exactly yeah and then... we yeah, I've, I've, never, I've never tried to watch Netflix doing the sprints. <laughs> it, it would be distracting. It's almost like somebody talking to you when you're trying to concentrate on something, you know, some task, important task.
0: Gotcha. So for people who want to follow your work, is there any sort of public place? Do we just have to keep reading the New York Times and sifting through sensationalist headlines?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess you you could... Look at the uh, the University of Texas at Austin it is where where I teach, of course, and uh, you can Google Ed Coyle and and that will direct you to my university website.
0: OK, Oops. and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can can get there directly. Okay. And, but they that
1: just lists the studies. That doesn't have the we don't you know, we don't uh, publishers don't allow us to to give out the studies.
0: Right, right. Well, you know, I will admit that I tried to find it on Sci Hub and, and and could not. And it's and it's apparently it's too too new to be at the Duke University where I do have actually legal access. So um, great, but for you know, I think for for most people, the details are less important than the general principles and protocols, which I guess you'll be people will be able to find at powercycle.com.
1: Yes, that's that's a good source of the rationale, uh, you know, and all that we do, the statements we make are have been scientifically proven, peer reviewed. So, you know, we're not just making stuff up.
0: Very good, awesome. Well, Ed Coyle, thank you so much for the work you're doing in the world. It's fascinating. It's uh, inspiring. And uh, thanks for taking the time today.
1: Good. Well, thank you for your interest. It's great. All right. Be well. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: All right. I hope you found that awesome. I have been experimenting with various ways of getting my heart rate pumping in four seconds. Uh, One of those is a band. Uh, attached to a belt around my waist, and the other end of the band is stuck into a door frame that's closed and locked. And then I just run, so resisted running, running away from the door uh, as fast and hard as I can, knees up, pumping my arms. Um, and working really hard to have a very fast cadence for four seconds, because what that can do is, when I'm done, I can stop. It's not like the treadmill where I'd have to, you know, sort of leap off to keep from getting thrown backwards. I've also been doing uh, in movement news. Um, did a, 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 more, a ten minute one mile jog, and then 20 hill repeats for four seconds. And honestly, it wasn't quite as strong. I couldn't get as hard or as fast as I could um, in four seconds. Uh, Maybe if I had something chasing me or if I was chasing something, I'd be more motivated. I am really interested in... That bike. I've also talked to uh, John Hines of Monkey Bar Gym asking what he thought, and he was suggesting that the Airdyne bike, which is a, a stationary bicycle made by Schwinn uh, that has arm levers as well, could also give you a tremendous four second workout. I don't know about the uh, fixed uh, gear, whether whether that would work. Uh, precisely as uh, Dr. Coyle says, but uh, I'm going to keep experimenting and I'll let you know how things go. In Garden News, got a bunch of catalogs. It's been raining again, so we're going to wait on uh, clearing off the brush and getting beds prepared, but I'm uh, going to start thinking and uh, possibly ordering food. I saw a, an article, I can't remember if it was in the might have been in the Atlantic Monthly about how serious the climate crisis is right now. And so it just um, inspired me even more to think about growing more food locally. I think we're going to see huge disruption and crop failure. And so the only thing that's going to save it is not giant centralized planning, but lots of people running experiments, planting all sorts of things in all sorts of new ways and places and seeing um, how things sh- shake out. So that's part of, uh, of my mission for that.